Welcome to On Aeon, a podcast normally featuring conversations between colleagues on, well, Aeon. In this special edition, we welcome Shaker Saxena, professor of global mental health at Harvard, to discuss how we talk about mental health in the workplace, how to be on the lookout for those in need, and more. Shaker is a psychiatrist by training, and his CV includes several decades at the World Health Organization and more than 300 academic papers. And now, this week's host, Lisa Stevens. Hi, I'm Lisa Stevens, Chief People Officer of Aon, and I am delighted to serve as your host for this informational podcast on emotional well-being and mental health. I'm so excited to be with all of you today and excited for our 50,000 colleagues of Aon, hopefully having an opportunity to listen in. Uh, these podcasts are an opportunity for us to provide education to all of our colleagues and other listeners about the great things that are going on in Aon. And we're so lucky today to have Shaka with us, who is the Professor of Practice of Global Mental Health, Global Health and Population at the Harvard Chan School of Public Health. Wow, amazing. In my dreams, I never thought I was going to get to spend time interviewing a a professor, let alone someone with your pedigree uh, on a podcast. So it's so exciting to have you here today and really looking forward to a great conversation. Thank you for inviting me. Pleasure to join. So let's get started. Let's jump right in it to start the discussion. Could you share a little bit more about your professional journey, which is amazing, uh, and the practice and science of global mental health? Uh, Yes. Uh, Lisa, I am a psychiatrist. Uh, People generally stay away from psychiatrists, but I'm happy that you invited me to talk. But I must clarify that I'm a reformed psychiatrist. I did 20 (laughs) years of of clinical work. uh, looking after patients one after another and their families. Uh, but after 20 years of doing that in my home country, India, I moved to Geneva and worked for the World Health Organization for the next 20 years, where I saw no patients, but I studied, uh, researched, and advised governments and corporations and other partners on how they should organize their mental health system and services. And in the last three years, I've been a professor for the practice of global mental health at Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health in Harvard University. And that also gives me an enormous opportunity to, to talk to people and to see to it that they're doing better things about mental health than they would have been doing otherwise. And especially during the COVID time, I'm very interested in seeing to it that governments as well as organizations, including private organizations, do better for the mental health of their employees and staff because that has become extremely important. So I had to giggle when you said the reformed psychiatrist and uh, so appreciate your background and clearly a global background, which is fantastic. And uh, as you know, Aon is a global organization. And I will say as the chief people officer at Aon, it's been, you know, it's been a struggle the last 19 months to really make sure that we're taking care of our colleagues and that we're taking care of the entire colleague, not just parts of it. And the stigma around mental health has been one that, uh, people often have a hard time talking about. So we're trying to create an environment that's inclusive at Aon where everyone knows that they have the opportunity to share where they have challenges and then obviously provide resources to them. 
So when you think about the work you've been doing where you were helping the, the world health organization, you were doing so much work and now at Harvard with what you're doing, it'd be great to hear about what you think every business should be doing when it comes to mental health and how we should be helping our colleagues. Well, I will take a step back and say everybody should be doing something about mental health and that also will extend to saying every business should also be doing things about mental health. Why do I say that? Because mental health has to be very clearly differentiated from mental illness and disorders. Uh, Although the term has been in some way corrupted to mean mental illness, but I would go back and say mental health is health. It is the positive dimension of the value that we attach to our mental abilities. And it is important for all of us. We might be at one extreme of having good mental health, but we can still do something better. We can promote our mental health. We might have a mental health symptom, yet not a disorder. And we can certainly do something to prevent this from becoming a disorder. And if we happen to have a disorder, which is actually quite frequent, we can prevent it from becoming worse and also strive towards recovery so that we can be functional in spite of having a disorder. So we see mental health as a dimension and all of us are at some point on this dimension and that also varies according to time because today we might be coping very well, tomorrow we may not be and the COVID has actually proved that to be very true. I myself have problems with coping and I'm sure many of the listeners might have realized that what they could do very easily earlier they find it a lot more difficult to do now and they have difficulties in coping up. So that's when I say that mental health is a dimension and it's important for all of us. Coming back to your question about businesses, it is actually extremely important that businesses, private as well as public businesses, uh, take a very special uh, care for the mental health of their community, of their family because that is directly related to not only people's welfare, their emotional well-being, but also to how efficiently the businesses are run, including its bottom line. So I would say that it has always been important for mental health to be looked after, but during the COVID period, there is a special emphasis because we are all under threats of various kinds and uncertainties. And so it has become even more important for us to pay more attention as businesses to mental health of the entire community. So Shika, when when we went into, uh, I think back to when we first went into uh, all the issues around the pandemic and people started feeling isolated, uh, as an organization, we tried to make sure that people were taking time off people are very comfortable talking about were they able to get a walk in or exercise, which obviously is, can, can be connected to your mental health too. It's, it's your physical health and your mental health, your emotional health, all the, there's so many, there's so many dimensions of a human being. And uh, I think back for us as an organization to uh, we, what we learned about how we needed to be more balanced about being comfortable talking about mental health and the importance of mental health. Everyone's comfortable talking for the most part about like if they have a physical ailment, like, oh, my back hurts or, you know, but it's much more difficult 
uh, like what you just said, your vulnerability to say, you know, I've, you've, you've had to come up with coping mechanisms to deal with, uh, with COVID. And so I, I would like to stick on that a little bit longer because I think there's so much to unpack, uh, unpack there for our colleagues and for our listeners on, you know, how do we get people feeling more comfortable talking about our mental health? Lisa, you're asking a very important question, which is actually the beginning of all uh, recognition about mental health and also help seeking and help giving. In fact, uh, in the World Health Organization, a few years back, we started a campaign, a public advocacy campaign, and we called it Let's Talk because talking is the beginning of the process of recognizing it and and giving help and taking help, which is extremely important. We should create an environment within our own families, within our own communities and our workplace and our schools so that we can talk freely about our own mental health, our emotional well-being to say today, I'm not feeling so great because something happened in the morning or I talked to somebody and or I had a failure of some kind and still share it with people who are around us because that is really very important. That gives us the strength. And also in some cases that gives us very practical tips about what we could do about it. And it gives us the kind of support that we need. And we should be able to do that. In some cases, that feeling uh, of being stressed or being depressed can be at a higher level, it can be more and it can be impacting our work, in which case we could talk to people and then those people can suggest what to do about it, including, if necessary, clinical care, going to a psychologist or a psychiatrist. And all of that is very important. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen very frequently. So most often we feel stressed, we feel depressed, and we don't talk to anybody. And then it continues to grow on us and affects us our work directly, our, our roles directly, even within the family. And a time arrives that we have to seek help. And often that's quite late. And then it requires much more effort to come out of it. We need to create a world where everybody can talk as freely about mental health as about any other topic, including, including physical health. And seek help get help. That is the dream that we have for global mental health. So I love that. Seek help, get help. And I think the other thing that you're saying is give help. So uh, we've got to be able to give it to people and again, create that environment where everyone can be their true authentic selves when they show up to work. We've uh, at Aon, we've created programs and opportunities for colleagues all over the world to be able to come together and talk and as isolating as it sometimes feels, the opportunity for people around the world to sometimes gather even in, in, a, in, a, you know, in a VC form or via phone calls has, I think there's, there's ways for us to connect with each other. But there are colleagues out there that are struggling and it would be great to hear from you when, you know, when someone sees that a colleague is having trouble or a peer, what are things that you would broadly say that for them to one, to look for, for indications, and then two, anything that you would recommend from an, from an internal perspective of what a company or organization can do, what a leader could do to what colleagues could do for them, for themselves? Yes, uh, quite often 
we are in company of people we but we generally don't look at them in the way that we can actually understand them as to what they are where they are feeling and 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 what problems they might have had just looking at people looking at their faces looking at the way they are behaving hearing them gives us a lot of uh, information about whether they are okay or they might be struggling also the way people behave sometimes people are more irritable sometimes people are uh, are asking for too many things which maybe maybe not normal and that gives us an idea that something might be going wrong the work performance could also be affected people may not, may not be able to uh, to honor the deadlines people may not be able to do the tasks as efficiently as earlier people might be not able to lead a team for example in the same way that they were doing earlier and sudden absences uh, coming late uh, taking leaves or being present and not able to perform are all signs that a person might be struggling psychologically but if you start asking then people report uh, sleep disturbances appetite disturbances they might be smoking more or taking more alcohol for example and all of these are early signs that uh, the person might be suffering emotionally and these are early signs so something much more readily can be done about them if a person becomes clinically anxious or depressed then of course it affects their work in a very significant way and these symptoms have lasted at least for two or more weeks that's where where we say that this might actually be a, a mental disorder where help is quite urgently needed so this is october and it's world mental health month aon is running a united in kindness campaign globally to mark the month we've got leaders all over the globe that will be talking about what they're doing to be kind to others but also to be kind to themselves uh examples of creating better habits uh small acts of kindness that can give you a big payout what are your thoughts on that well you said something very important that is uh, be kind to others but be kind to yourself also and both are important especially during these times where everybody is under more stress the normal work environments have been disrupted to quite some extent people have to learn new ways of working new ways of communicating including uh, by remote means like what we are having now it does make sense for one to be kind to oneself because the same efficiency that we could have attained earlier quite quite easily comes at a much much higher emotional cost and i think to uh, to enjoy some of the outcomes of what we are doing and and be grateful to oneself and to one's own colleagues is extremely important because that gives us the strength to go forward in a in a meaningful manner and also being kind to others and trying to help others is extremely important for not only their mental health but for our own mental health because gratitude is a very essential element of feeling emotionally better in fact i would suggest that all of us should take just a couple of minutes maybe in the morning and late evening before you start your your day and at the end of the day just to think about what other people have given us 
and be grateful about that. Even if you don't communicate, just thinking about it in in real life terms, something very practical that has happened, somebody was kind to you, somebody helped you, makes a lot of difference to us. And the same way, you be kind to others and that really helps them and helps you. So these are very essential, I would say life skills actually, which protect us from emotional problems and burnouts, which is becoming extremely common now. So we hear about a lot of organizations that the rate of employee burnout has increased a lot. And that is a long-term problem because these employees, if you don't really do something about it, can go on long leaves or retire early or seek disability benefits in, in short term. And that is something which is extremely uh, bad for the organizations, but also will consume a lot of resources to train new people to join them and join the organization. And that is all very bad news for organizations. So we need to prevent those kind of stresses and long stresses giving rise to burnouts. So all of these micro steps, I would call, are extremely useful to prevent stress and to prevent burnout. So again, so thoughtful and everything that you said. Uh, I know for myself personally, uh, gratitude has been a huge muscle that I, over time I've, I've learned to use in situations because it helps with perspective when, when I've been going through uh, difficult times. And everything that you said about taking time in the morning or taking time before you uh, go to bed. The other thing I've caught myself doing is trying not to say, like, I have to take my you know, I have to do this or, but instead saying I want to, and I, and I know it's just a little tiny nuance, but I catch myself on the difference that that makes when you realize like, actually I get to do this, not I have to do it. Uh, it, it it's a little nuance, but it, it's powerful. At least it was powerful for me. Uh, the burnout factor is huge. It's, I mean, I, one of the things, you know, so there's, so many things that have happened, but the, the fact that people can start so early in the morning and go so late, you know, the advantage, right? Maybe you don't have as long of a commute time, but that commute time might've been your time to meditate or your time just to, you know, to come down. And now people are, you know, you work where you live, you live where you work. And, and I think that that's brought on so many other challenges for us. It'd be great to hear what do you what do you hope for the future of mental health in the workplace as we move into this hybrid environment of, Maybe sometimes traveling, maybe sometimes in the office, maybe sometimes at home. It's, it's, it's going to be a mix, which I think in the long term can make for a better world for everyone. But it'd be great to get your, your advice on what you think about the workplace and mental health going forward. Lisa, we have, uh, as uh, communities and countries, we have given very little importance to workplace mental health. And that needs to change. Because, you know, on an average, we spend almost uh, half of our waking time during the work days in work, whether we are at home or at work. And, and that is really something that uh, has a tremendous impact on our emotional well-being. And also, our mind is not divided completely between work and personal life. So we bring our stresses from personal life to work. And we take stresses from work to our personal life. So it is not that we can segregate both these lives very clearly. And sometimes we have problems in both. 
and that affects also both the spheres. And so we need to at least make sure that the work environment is mentally healthy. Now, how do we do that? We know that stresses are part of the work life. And unless we have some stresses, we actually won't work. At least I won't. So we have to see to it that the stresses are in the optimum range, not too low, but also not too high. And currently during the COVID period, I notice that the stresses have become on the higher side. That means they are decreasing our efficiency and we need to bring it back to that optimum range so that we can be maximally affected. And the responsibility is on both, on the individuals, but also on the organizations. So, so far we have talked a lot about what people can do. I think it's equally important to emphasize that organizations have a responsibility to provide a mentally healthy environment. And much of that depends on the top leadership and on the mid-level managers. And, and that needs to be really thought through and included in the planning for the organization, which some organizations are doing, but many more can do, which means managers need to be trained to look out for the emotional well-being of their uh, team. They need to see to it that the people who are struggling and are more vulnerable are provided additional help and a listening environment needs to be created. And very often, the managers, including the top leadership, can actually talk about their own stresses, which opens up the dialogue for other people also to be open. And finally, if somebody is struggling to the extent that they need help, it should be given in an inclusive and non-stigmatizing environment so that people can come out with their struggles and seek help because the, the result of not doing that is really bad for the individual and bad for the organization. So I would argue for better workplace mental health being a responsibility for the individuals, but much more also for the organizations. And if that can happen, it can only happen incrementally. But if that can happen, that will be one of the silver linings in this terrible pandemic that we are going through. I thank you so much for your comments. And as an organization internally, we've just rolled out three new values. And one of them is united through trust as a team. And that really is about encompassing, again, everyone being able to bring their true authentic selves to work. Uh, also, for all of our colleagues that are listening, our uh, COO, James Platt, is signing along with um, other companies with the One Mind at Work organization on making sure that um, that organizations are taking this very seriously uh, and that we are here as a resource and a community together on working through uh, the mental health of all of our colleagues and our clients. This has been a conversation on Aon and global mental health. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this week's episode, tune in in two weeks for a discussion of Aon's apprenticeship program. To learn more about Aon, its colleagues, solutions, and news, check out our show notes and visit our website at aon.com. When I was a little kid, I really wanted to be a radio host because I knew you could go to work in your pajamas. And so getting to do this with you was kind of fun. So I just wanted to let you know that. (laughs) 